3: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in or participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers, if you happen to be one, if you haven't called in yet, you go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any of those today, so let's kick it off with uh, Garrett.
0: Hey, Ryan, uh, regarding uh, name confusion, here's taking it to a new level. Um, I have a first name that gets confused more often with uh, people thinking it's my last name and not my first name. So when they ask me what my name is, they don't say, what's your first or last name? They just say, what's your name? And I say, Garrett. Then they go, what's your last, what's your first name? I'm like, that is my (laughs) first name. So... You know, I just got to the point where I just said my last name every single time when they asked. But uh, I don't know if too many people have that problem, but uh, Garrett is not a very common first name. It may be a little bit... It's kind of weird.
3: I mean, I guess, I mean, obviously Garrett can be a last name, but I would, th- I would not think of... Maybe if you know somebody whose last name is a Garrett, your mind just goes there. But I would think of it as a first name. I know some that are... Usually it's like two first names, like Zach Tom, you know? So that, that would be bad if you're trying to give your last name where it's like, what you, uh, what, or could you imagine like if you're Zach, Tom and they're like, what's your last name? Tom, what's your last name? My last name is Tom. That would suck. But yeah, I'm surprised by, uh, people automatically jumping to Garrett being a, especially like I, if you said Garrett and I had to choose, maybe I would think last name if like Miles Garrett was on my mind recently or something. But, you know, if I asked for your first name and you said Garrett, I wouldn't be like, no, stupid.
0: More nowadays, but when I was growing up as a kid, it was not a common name whatsoever. Could be it too. So uh, that's taken it to a whole new level. But uh, I just wanted to say that uh, all in all, I think
1: uh, this Friday coming up, when it comes to uh, playing the
0: Bengals, um, I'm really, really curious to how many quarters do you think love will play? Do you think he'll play a whole quarter or two quarters or maybe even more than that? So just uh, curious what your thoughts are on how much he should play or he should play till when? What should be the cutoff? So just uh just wondering how much time we really should see him. Uh, work through when it comes to snaps from Myers and getting his timing down and just reading defenses. So just curious what your spot is on that. I'm out.
3: If I had to guess, I would say a quarter. Um that would be my guess as of right now. It may be less than that, it may be more than that. It might be, you know, you get the first series or two um, you know, if, if they're gonna lean pretty heavily into protecting him or them, you know. Uh I could see that a series or two. Uh I obviously the heavy end would be a half. If you know we really want to lean into it, I just think they're going to be way too cautious for that. So, you know, I mean anything less or more than that I'd be stunned. More than a half I'd be stunned. Um not playing at all, I I, I guess I wouldn't be stunned, but I'd be pretty upset/disappointed. slash disappointed. Um especially since it doesn't make sense. Cuz you know they have to play. Right? So at some point, you got to man up and risk injury. Yes, if somebody gets injured, you're going to get yelled at and, and everyone's going to freak out. But you know what? If you don't play him, and we get destroyed by the Bears, you're going to get yelled at too. So, you know, I don't know, man. That These guys got to play, especially the way Jordan's been playing. You know? Again, I'm sorry. It hasn't been elite across the board. It's been shaky pretty much every day. Yes, highlight throws are great, but the inconsistency means i mean if he plays with the level of inconsistency he's played in almost every pre- in every training camp so far we lose every game like you can't throw 45% completions but hey two of them were really cool throws that's not it <laughs> that doesn't mean anything so they need time they they got to get the rhythm down you know i mean some of these you know a lot of these overthrows or underthrows if you look at them i mean it's literally inches it's still disappointing like, oh, man, he overthrew that, whatever. But, I mean, legitimately, watch some of these throws. He put four inches too much oomph on that pass. Now, granted, it's pretty bad because the receiver can throttle up, throttle down, and he's going as fast as he possibly can, but they they got to work on, on those things, especially the deep ball. It, it doesn't seem to be there. It's like Rodgers and MVS. Like they, they just never figured it out, never could get on the same page. Rodgers could never gauge his speed for whatever reason. He thought he was faster than he was or... Uh, MVS was not doing something right, I don't know, but they just couldn't figure it out. They got to get on the same page because we can't not have the deep ball. So we got to have some time working on this stuff. We got to get it down. Got to get the timing. Got to get the rhythm. Got to get the accuracy down. So if if I had, I mean, if, if it was up to me, they'd play a half, but that's probably not realistic. So a more realistic um, look at what I would prefer, give them a full quarter. If you can do a half, I'd like you to do a half, but I know they're going to be... Scared to death, and that probably won't
0: happen. So, we'll be watching
3: a ton of Magoo, which is great.
0: Ryan, real quick, I wanted to ask you have you seen the YouTube interview where Steve Smith interviews uh, Reed? He yes. first says that he's I from Chicago, that. and growing up, his idol was Devin Hester. Yep. <clears throat> so, this guy grew up a Bears fan, grew up idolizing. Devin Hester, who he may actually get to live out his dream and return some punts just like Hester did. So this guy's got a little bit of juice in him, hoping that he can you know be like his idol coming out uh, in the NFL. And secondly, he told a story about once he was drafted and the people in his neighborhood. Uh, he referred to him in his hood that he was working out. I guess this was before training camp. And somebody in the neighborhood recognized him, I guess it was a kid. And the kid flipped him off. And he was like, oh, so that's how it's going to be. So this guy is like already getting flipped off by neighbors in Chicago because he's been drafted by Green Bay. So I think this guy is going to come out a-blazing. So my money is all pushed in on Jaden Reed coming out with uh, guns and firing, man. I'm out.
3: Yeah, we'll see about the... I mean, I don't know that I give him any extra um, points for... I mean, maybe he got to the way that he is today because he idolized um, Hester. It it kind of molded his game, and so it, it does translate into punt returnability and yards after the catch type stuff. But I think that kind of just gets us to where we are. But yeah, that is a good point because we have a couple Chicago Bears fans on the team. It would be would be nice if they had a little bit of extra juice to try to go out there and, and put a hurting on the Chicago Bears. Play well in Soldier Field. I mean, makes me sick to think about, but it's got to be kind of cool for them to be able to be playing your first game on Soldier Field. And, of course, you don't want to look like a bum out there. So, yeah, we shall see. But yeah, I did see that interview. I don't think I put it on the podcast at all, but um, if you're looking for something interesting to watch, there you go. That's a good video.
4: Ryan! Kyle from Madison. What's up, buddy? Going on, man. So, I finally got a chance to go back and watch some of the uh, Family Night film. I've got two points here. Uh, One, oh my goodness. Are you freaking pumped for this defensive front or what? Because what I'm seeing is, like, these guys are actually coming along, like, so far, kind of best case scenario. I know it's early days, but my goodness. Um, if Wyatt starts off where he left off (laughs) with Kenny in there, I mean they've got a heck of a rotation inside Van Ness looks like I mean I'm sure he's going to get washed out on some run plays and do some rookie stuff this year, but I am pretty sure he's going to be a problem for other teams this year right away and then we get the news that Gary's Coming back way earlier than I thought. I mean that they've got a really nice, like four deep, three and a half deep at edge. Oh my goodness! I mean that's a horrifying defensive front. If it gels the way I think we all hope it's going to, truly, like that is a, that is something. And I've been cautiously optimistic, but man, I mean some of the stuff they're doing, they're. Good luck uh, being singled up with some of these guys because it's you're not gonna block them. Uh, I've been really impressed, and uh, oh, please, because I think we've got a really favorable early schedule. And if the offense is still trying to get it together, I think if the defense can lead the way, you know, we can get we could be three and one or something like that, even better out of the gate. Even if the offense is still finding its way, if this defense can play like that, uh, my other point. You know, I, I really hope that the offense doesn't button it up so much. I'm, I'm a little bit afraid they're going to try these like 10, 12 play drives, you know, where they meticulously move their, the ball down the field one first down at a time. And while that's great and all, I do think we're going to get a lot of like procedural penalties, you know, guys in the wrong place, delay game. And that just tends to derail that type of game plan and I think we got these young players air out the freaking ball (laughs) air out the ball I think these guys want to play that way I think they can play that way I don't want to see a super conservative offense I don't need them protecting love I think he's going to be equal parts playmaker and mistakes early on so maximize the plays he does make minimize those mistakes all right buddy talk to you later
3: yeah, that's um Tom so I'm, I'm pumped about the defensive line. I think we'll get more information on that as we continue to get more joint practices and preseason games and whatnot on, you know, whether or not that's real or if our offensive line is just completely crumbling. But yeah, that it kind of feels like a double edged sword for the Packers offense a little bit. On one hand, that's where Jordan Love seems to thrive. These intermediate, middle-of-the-field throws, you know, fairly accurate, short-to-intermediate passes. That's that's where he thrives. But you're right, the inconsistencies, not just of Jordan Love, but of, of the offense in general, right? Josh Myers can't go X amount of snaps without making a mistake. Jordan Love can't go X amount of snaps without an errant pass so-and-so can't go this long without, you know, making a mistake as a receiver, as a route runner, whatever. I mean, we're too inexperienced to expect to be able to go 12 plays down the field without shooting ourselves in the foot. It's going to lead to more mistakes and and more broken drives. You're not going to be able to punch it in. You have to be a really um, disciplined football team to be able to win that way, and that's not what you expect the Packers to do. On the other hand, You know this team was built for speed. It was built for big plays. You got maybe the fastest tight end in football. One of the fastest wide receivers in football. Jaden Reed is is you know not as much talked about, but the dude has got blazing speed. We got pass blocking offensive linemen. Yet the thing that consistently isn't working between Jordan Love and the receivers is the deep passes. Last year he took one shot deep. He was zero for one. It was a twenty six yard pass in the preseason last year. He was two of twelve. On deep passes two for 12 he was one of four on passes on the left side of the field deep down the field 0 for 1 deep middle 1 for 7 deep on the right side of the field so combine that with the regular season last year's pre and regular season two for 13 so yeah that that needs to absolutely be fixed it is a massive 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 problem He had a 67.3 deep passing grade. You say, well, 67 isn't the worst. When you're talking deep passing and some guys are at like 99 passing grades, it's bad. Justin Fields ranked 23rd in deep passing. He had an 84 PFF grade. So yeah, I get it, man. I mean, we're we're built for speed. We're built to throw the ball down the field. What I'm saying is it, it looks like a disaster right now trying to connect deep down the field. And so, yeah, I, I think in the preseason and whatnot, we need to see more of that. And maybe that's why we're seeing so many incompletions, because Jordan Love and, and Matt LaFleur and those guys are like, we're going to throw the ball deep down the field all day long. Just take shots. Just take shots. Just take shots. Because we have to get 20-plus yard passes at a much higher completion rate. I mean, Love had the third lowest, actually had the lowest completion percentage of anybody last year in the preseason of anybody that had um uh 10 or more attempts it was the third lowest of anybody that wasn't at zero so i don't know how it's been going this year in in camp i'm guessing it's a higher number than that but i know that it isn't great and it still needs some work and and if anything that's the one area that needs a massive amount of work And who knows, maybe that's why we lean so much into tight ends and um, yards after the catch, guys, because we're not planning on shooting it deep down the field. We're planning on throwing it 10 yards or less, or you know, 19 yards or less, or whatever, and trusting our guys to get yards after the catch. I don't know. We'll see. Again, it feels like a double-edged sword. We're not going to win if we dink and dunk our way down the field. We're too inexperienced. We're not going to be able to do that consistently enough. I don't think. Maybe we will. I don't know. I can't imagine that we can go that long without making some kind of a, a mistake. But I also just don't trust these deep shots. I mean, obviously, not every play needs to be a deep shot, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, we, we've we seen some, I mean, maybe maybe that's where Matt LaFleur comes into play because we've seen some nice plays, for example, with Musgrave coming wide open across the middle. Jordan Love has been able to hit those, you know, 15 yards or something deep down the middle, wide open, and then let Musgrave or Christian Watson or whoever it is use their speed to get upfield and get another 5, 10 yards or house it. I don't know. We'll have to see what the identity of the offense is.
1: Hey, Ryan. It's uh, Aaron from Eau Claire. What's up? And I appreciate the feedback about the uh, song I submitted, and uh, I appreciated you mentioning that a couple of people were interested in hearing it again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to look into uh, getting it on Spotify. I know I do have a service that allows me to do that.
0: There you go.
1: Um, So I'll just have to uh, take the time and and get it up there. Um, I'll call in and uh try to add to the discord as well once I do that, so that whoever is interested in hearing it um can hear it again so thanks again um and yeah i might uh I might actually start uh just putting out sports songs maybe I don't know we'll see um a couple of things um i uh i uh appreciate uh your comments about uh uh, you know, the ESPN crew over there, and I uh, just wanted to clarify, I, I don't mean to in any way, um, you know, kind of crap on everything they're doing with my complaints. I was just sort of getting some pet peeves out of, uh, out of my system there. I appreciate all the stuff they do as well. Um, you know, I, I I don't want to be unfair to them. I, I think they work hard and do a, overall a good job sure. um, of what they do, so Anyways, I get it. Um, and then one other thing is, I was just listening to some stuff about uh, where is Eric Stokes going to fit into the cornerback group, and I was just thinking about it, and I wonder if he could be sort of like a Charles Woodson that switches to safety, because um, if we're still having some issues at safety, I wonder, you know, if they just have too many uh, talented cornerbacks to put them all in the field at once. Um, and he's actually you know kind of recovered and looking good. I wonder if he could play a safety role because I mean if he's fast and instinctive and able to uh have a, have that makeup speed kind of like a darnell savage. I wonder if he could compete for some some snaps in safety i mean I, I don't really know how any of that works. I'm not really a football guy in terms. I've never played football on a team um I'm a football fan, but I'm not really a, uh, a scheme guru, so to speak. So I wonder if that might have any, uh, potential. Uh, it's kind of cool to see. I don't know. Just tantalizing to think about that speed and, uh, kind of the hole we have at safety at times. Uh, but I think what it seems like what they're doing. If they're just throwing a bunch of talented guys with a bunch of physical attributes out there to compete. And then, you know, I'm excited because for a long time, it's kind of felt a little bit more like we know.
3: Got cut off a little bit. Go ahead and finish.
1: I was just going to finish saying um, that uh, it's felt for quite a while with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, just because they're always contending for a Super Bowl, that they're a little bit more interested in preserving continuity, whereas this year it feels like they're able to kind of have it a little bit more of an open competition, so someone like Darnell Savage might have to work for his spot a little bit more, and hopefully that leads to to uh, the players that we do have improving and not getting as complacent, so um, yeah, let me know your thoughts on that stuff, I'm, I'm just uh, really eager to see these uh, preseason games coming up so we can see some of the uh, unknown guys and what they can do. So yeah,
3: thanks. Yeah, I do agree with the you know, um, you know, with Rogers, we want a little bit more continuity. Whether that was directly Rodgers' fault or again just just a team philosophy of of going all in and um, not really feeling like this is the right time to be training up young guys. Right, we need the best of the best, the guys that know what they're doing out on the field right now. Um, and and I do think that that's going to change. And, and again, part of that is by necessity. You don't have an option with Wyatt anymore. There's nobody else. There are no veterans there. Same with wide receivers, same with tight end. We don't have veterans that can steal all your snaps away unless we want to just run one tight end and let it be DeGuara all day long, you know. Um, As far as the Eric Stokes thing, you know, a couple things. Number one, I don't know if you knew this or not, but people that have been listening for a long time know that I generally loathe the why don't we just put him to safety thing. It's not a bad question. It just comes up so often. And I feel obligated to remind everybody that it's a completely different position and we can't, you know, first of all, I can't tell you if the guy would be any good at safety because it's a different position, but we just make it out to be too easy of a switch uh, more so than it actually is. And we do this with other positions, but corner to safety seems to be the biggest one. And I I think Charles Woodson just broke everybody. The other thing I would say is it's kind of, kind of two in one, I guess. If I'm going to move anybody to safety, it's Razul. When we moved Charles Woodson to safety, it wasn't because he got faster. It's because he was really slow, but he was really intelligent. Not really slow, but he, got, he's not, he doesn't have his speed anymore, but he's still massively intelligent. Eric Stokes, I want a corner. I, I, I can't help but feel like the fan base and I are just on completely different wavelengths with Razul Douglas, where it's like, Razul has to be the guy on the outside. No, I think Stokes has to be the guy on the outside. I mean, if he can't play, he can't play fine. Then we're with Stokes or we're with Razul until we can find or draft somebody else. But Razul is a short-term thing. Stokes is... I mean, again, I want to maximize the roster. This is the same thing for me across the board. I don't want Lucas Van playing defensive tackle because edge is more valuable, and if he can play edge, he needs to be outside. I don't want Zach Tom playing freaking center because tackle is significantly more valuable than center. I don't want Stokes playing safety because corner is significantly more valuable than safety. These guys were drafted, and right now are sitting. We're, we're sitting here thinking that they potentially could be, maybe everybody's given up on Stokes, but potentially could be premier players at these positions having a premier tackle corner and edge rusher and I know I'm kind of making this up with Lucas Van Ness it's not as much of a thing but just using that as an example because I can't think of anybody else taking a premier tackle corner and edge rusher and switching it to a really good center safety and defensive tackle makes me sick (laughs) absolutely sick so look I mean, if, if Tom can't hack it at tackle and he's a really good center, all right, do it. If Stokes can't hack it at um, corner and he's a really good safety, which I don't think he would be. I think we, we did the same thing with Kevin King, where it's like, well, he's really fast, so he can do sideline to sideline or whatever, so he'd be fine. I don't think so. You mentioned the, uh, you know, instinctual and all that. I don't think he really is. Stokes is just fast. From what we saw from Stokes, he was really fast. And that was kind of the, the one knock on him, is he could never seem to get his head around to get the ball. He just seemed like he was in panic mode, but he's really fast. we so he just stuck in the guy's hip and it ended up being incomplete. But it's like, if you would just calm down and realize that you're in really good position and he's not going to get away from you because you're twice as fast as this guy and just turn your head around and be like, oh, there's the ball and go grab it. You could have had a bunch of picks last year, two years ago, whatever. So I don't see him as like this, you know gifted, intelligent, not that he's not intelligent, but it's not a guy that's been in the league for five, six, seven, eight years that just knows what he's doing, that can call the defensive plays and do all that. No, he's a young guy that doesn't know what he's doing, but he's got raw athletic attributes. Put him at corner. That's where he belongs. That's where he needs to stay. If we're going to switch anybody, let's look at Razul, who's the only corner we have on this team as far as as the, the top corners that we have, that has played safety. Just a few snaps, but Eric Stokes has never done it. Jair's never done it. Maybe we could look at Keyshawn, because I don't know. He just seems to be a do-everything, uh, heck of that term. Renaissance Man. There you go. Ever seen that movie, Renaissance Man? I forget what it's about, but I know it was one of those things that was on, like, HBO or whatever all the time, and I watched it every time it was on. What was that about? Danny DeVito is a teacher in the Army. There you go. Stacy Dash is also. Now, I, I was like, it doesn't look that good. Stacy Dash was in it. That's why I watched it every single time it was on. Now it makes sense, but anyways, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, um, from a from a pragmatic standpoint, I don't expect any of those things to happen because we haven't seen anybody even, you know, y- you would expect there to be some kind of a thing that has happened already. Hey, we got Keyshawn lined up at safety. We got Razul. We got Jair. Like we we got some weird thing going on here with someone that hasn't happened even once. So I get I get that that's not what you're saying that we should consider it, but you know, again, from from a more uh, two feet on earth standpoint it's just not going to happen so we'll be interesting when stokes comes back but if the, if that was part of the plan when stokes comes back he's going to go somewhere else unless stokes is the guy that's going to be the safety but i don't think that's something that you throw on a guy during you know the season week eight or whenever he comes back so
4: i don't know hey kyle from madison again howdy question how much weight do you put on
3: about 20 pounds
4: the opener oh i'm bear? sorry so I've, I've seen some of the national media kind of discussing this. I think Kyle Brandt was, was talking about it on Good Morning Football, which, eh, sometimes that's fun to watch. It's kind of the junk food of NFL talk. When I agree with them, it's fun. When I don't, it's annoying. Um, but it was interesting them talking about it, and I was just curious what your thoughts are, because I can see, I'm sure it's just one game, uh, but I can, I can see the psychology of this. You know, if the Bears come out, and they beat us, it's going to be this huge lift for their organization. And, you know, aside from the battles that us fans have with each other, I think organizationally it's going to be a validation. And, yeah, we're next. You guys are the downtrodden now. We're on the ascendancy. And if Green Bay comes out in that game and beats them, it's going to be, you know, hey, the, the past is prologue, boys, you know. Let, let's, we're gonna explain to you, uh, how it's gonna be for the next decade. Get used to it. <laughs> uh, and I just, I wonder what you think about that. Is that real, or is that just a fan thing? How that game one goes. Uh, like I said, I know it's just one game, but it really feels like such a huge fulcrum of, you know, how these franchises can go. I understand the Bears could win week one and then they only win five games and whatever. But it does feel like, I don't always buy into all the, you know, the psychology you know, and all that to the, you know, from game to game. But this one does, this game does feel different to me. Like, these franchises are kind of both at places where they haven't been in a while. And I I wonder what you think about that. Is that real or is that imagined? All right, Bye. So
3: my initial reaction when you started going into it and I started pulling some stuff up, my, my what I was going to do is go through all Green Bay's week one games and just show it doesn't tell the story. Last year I guess kind of did. We got whooped by the Vikings and it was a bad year. Um but obviously, you know, thirty eight to three, we went thirteen and four that year. Lost to the Vikings forty three to thirty four. Went thirteen and three that year. Right? It's just a game. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean even even 2019, we beat the Bears week one 10 to three. You know, you could say you had a, a terrible offense and a great defense. You know, you could read too much into stuff. Granted, we did have a better defense and offense at your 15th ranked offense, ninth ranked defense in terms of total points anyways. But the point is, you know, it's easy to say it, it doesn't really have any bearing. We know that we struggle week one. At least we have recently. Um, but I think there is maybe some validity to it because it's a lot easier when you have Aaron Rodgers to say, whatever, it's just one week especially when Rodgers and those guys, they don't play in the preseason, right? We know that, and we, we complain about that. Like, well, these guys, they need to practice and all that. And, you know, then you add in Rodgers is skipping the, he's skipping the offseason programs, and he's not doing work in the offseason, and he's not putting anything in into the preseason. So it's like, yeah, you, you have a bad week one, but you expect to bounce back. I mean, you obviously know if you get blown out 38-3 to that you're not going to go winless this year. But we don't know what's going to happen if we lose with Jordan Love i mean it, it we could go on to be 13 and 3 even after that or 13 and 4 or whatever or this could end up being a negative and and like i've said i i think the locker room is important i think the you know the use the term mental health i don't necessarily mean it in the the buzzwordy kind of kind of way that it's used but you know in, in terms of their ability to mentally deal with the challenges that are in front of them when you don't have Aaron Rodgers there to say you know or or to lean on to say I know we're going to be okay we're going to be fine I believe in myself and I know that dude is going to tear things up and what if Jordan Love doesn't play well what if you know I mean we know the rest of the team is the other thing where it's like oh I don't think fans really care what the media says Aaron Rodgers broke his thumb and the team gave up right I mean, that that seems to be the case. Every time Aaron Rodgers has ever been hurt, the entire team gives up. These guys are human beings, and they are emotional animals just like the rest of us. And if Jordan Love comes out and doesn't play very well, it's entirely possible the team looks at this and goes, "Now yeah, we're screwed. We're just going to be a bad team now. It is what it is and settles into that. So I'm not going to go all in and say this is definitely it. Like The, the team that wins is going to be riding high, and the team that loses is going into the dumpster. I, I don't know that, but I think there's more validity to it than in the past, after we get blown out week one with Rodgers, you know, any any and all overreactions. You know, it, it just reminds me of, of that prediction I had made with the Carolina Panthers. And I said it because the Carolina Panthers are led by one of the most emotional quarterbacks in football back when they had Cam Newton. And when you have an, a highly volatile, highly emotional quarterback and you guys are winning, you're riding real high. And that, that team is just riding that wave. But what happens when you lose? You know what I mean? And so what I said was, they lost in embarrassing fashion in the Super Bowl. And then they had to face that team again week one. If they face that team and lose, I think they're going to suck this year. I think it's just going to be because, and and they probably wouldn't have been great anyways. I mean, they, They certainly wouldn't have replicated their success. But I genuinely believe that when they lost that game, Cam just went down into the emotional pits. And that toxified the entire locker room. And suddenly we're not riding high anymore, so we're not playing like we're riding high, so we're not playing really well at all. And that just leads to more losses, and that thing just compounds. Be great if football players are just robots, like Madden. You know, it's like, you're you're a dude, you're a 92 overall player. And that's just what you get from him. You know, Jair's a 94, man. He's just always going to give you a 94. Not if he's having a bad day. Not if his dog just died. Not if he's bummed about, you know, some girl that he was talking to. Not if he's watching, you know, Jordan play and just thinks we're screwed. I mean, these things all factor into, even if they're trying to be emotionally and mentally strong, some of this stuff is subconscious and it weighs on you. And it's hard to reach that, that next level. It's like I talk about with music in the gym. I can try to amp myself up, but with no music, it's hard. I can't get to that next level. I can't tap into that sort of other thing. I can't do it without music. So I, I, I hope that that doesn't happen. And, and that, that's going to come down a lot to the coaching staff that we have. Again, the Detroit Lions have been able to weather a ton of losses, but they have a very strong culture, and I just don't see that in Green Bay. I see us as having the exact opposite. We seem to be a very fragile fan or not fan base, um, uh, team, locker room, whatever. When something goes wrong, everything crumbles. It's been that way for years. I mean, again, 2018, we, we go three and out, the game's over. The game's over. And I, I do hope that that changes. I don't know that Matt LaFleur is exactly the guy that's going to do it. But if the guys in the locker room can build that culture themselves, then we have a shot. But, you know, I feel like a lot of the hype right now is, is built on fake belief and it almost seems like they know it. And even now when people, I mentioned this yesterday, when people trashed Jordan Love, nobody even came out and defended Jordan Love. You had one guy that came out and basically made fun of his clothes and then just said, we'll see with Jordan Love. He didn't come out and say he's good. He didn't come out and say he's going to show you. Nobody on the team did. Since training camp, when things have been kind of iffy, I have not heard one player come out and talk about Jordan Love is going to be the number one quarterback. He's going to tear up the league. All that talk was before training camp. I haven't really heard much of it since. I'm just saying I'm worried that they're starting to worry too much. You worry about fans overreacting, but players can overreact too. Swagger League, man. Gotta have that swag. Don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. You know what I mean? I don't know what that means, but I'm going to use it in this context. Anyways, we should probably take a break. Uh, Please remember to check out grassfedcooperative.com if you're looking to get some high-quality grass-fed ground beef delivered directly to your door. They offer free shipping. Please, again, check out grassfedcooperative.com. Just go over there and see what they offer. These are some, you know, higher end prices because it's high quality meat as well as massive quantities of it. But if you're looking to just fill fill your freezer with some good stuff, go check them out. See if that's uh, what you're looking for. Remember, you can use promo code Packer10. That's capital P, Packer10 for 10% off your order. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase.
4: You idiot.
0: Loch Ness is not a brontosaur. He's a pleosaur. Jeez. <laughs> Your dinosaur is right. Embarrassing. A Ferocious. F- Fish-hunting monsters, they be.
3: Oh, oh, oh! See, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I don't know about that. Granted, I understand that the the dinosaur that I listed doesn't go in water, but I am describing what it looks like. He's going for a swim, and apparently, brontosauruses are uh, buoyant, because I'm looking at a uh, plesior, plesiosaurs, if that's what it's supposed to be. It's not what it looks like because it doesn't have that long, that long neck thing. You know what I mean? At least this one doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. Whatever. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I refuse to be wrong about this issue for some reason, but, you know, I guess you're entitled to your opinions about things.
2: Hey, Brian. This is Six Pack Daddy. Six Pack. I've called. i uh, you know, I called your show before. I love um, Six Pack Daddy. But well, out here in L.A., my wife and my boss.
3: They in a very inappropriate way.
2: Know me as Matt, but I know, like in your in your database, I'm known as Six, Six Pack Daddy. Yes. And I'm I'm 51 years old. <laughs> and um Today, I guess I'm calling to to say how impressed I've been. With your callers, because um, there have been no actual games being played. Right. It seems like they're calling your show, even though you know the Packers are not are not playing. Um, so they clearly, you know, it seems like they, you know, they love you and they mm. love your show, and all of that is great. And I don't think any of that is a problem, um, <laughs> except you know. And I'm not saying you're a cult leader, um, but I, I sort of am. Think worried about it a little bit, uh, you know, because. Your callers are uh, they seem to be you know employed and they seem to have families. and this you're calling a show about the Green Bay Packers when like the Green Bay Packers are not actually playing any games like at all. Um, and again, I don't think I don't think you're a cult leader, um, but but I'm a little worried, little worried. You know they seem to these callers, they seem to respond to your commands and obey you. Um they also they, like they honor you with song um, i'm sorry i'm I'm kind of emotional about this because you know cults are no laughing matter. Um, I just want you to know I want you to know that I'm listening and i'm going to keep listening, and you know all your callers are great, and I think everybody is okay but um and I'm not saying this is a cult. But if you start, you know, telling us to do some kinky stuff up on a farm in UP or something, I will, I promise you, I will write an official letter of complaint. Okay. I'm, you know, hopefully I call you this season if I don't lose your number. And I got, for now, I got to go. Bye.
3: Okay, bye. Oh, six-pack daddy, how I've missed you, man. I needed that. I needed just a good, a good... Hearty laugh, you know, deep from the soul where you feel like you're going to black out a little bit. I don't know what you call that brand of humor, but I freaking adore it. Back when I used to be funny, that was my brand of humor. The The number one comment that I got in high school is, I never know if he's being serious. I never was, by the way. That was that was never serious. But I was six-pack daddy all through high school. That wasn't my name. It was German kid, but still. And it was German kid because I convinced people I was from Germany when I move to a new school, it's a whole thing. Oh, cult leader, man. I love it. I love it. We gotta do something with that. We haven't done a t-shirt in a while. Should we do a should we do a, an official t shirt for our cult? Should we name the cult? What's the name of our cult? What are what are what are some cult names? What do they sound like? Let me find a list of names of cults. Most famous cults in US history. What do we got? Heaven's Gate. I remember that one. That one's crazy. So we got Heaven's Gate. Manson families. I mean, we, it could be family, I guess. Uh, David Koresh. What was the name of their thing? Branch Davidians. Branch Davidians. it. That doesn't help me much. Children of God. The People's Temple Church. Um, Rajnishis. Rajnishis, I guess. I mean, if we, just, if we just get as basic as we can get and we stick with the pack theme, we could call it, like, the pack family. It doesn't sound good, it doesn't work, but I'm just, you know, spitballing off the top of my head here. If we go if we go Manson style with it. Uh let's see. Love has one apparently was a cult. I think we gotta turn to the robot for this. Alright, Robot says the Cheesehead Congregation, the Lambo Faithful. Oh, that one sounds good. Gridiron Gathering, dang. Packer Maniacs. Titletown Titans, that's not a thing. Green and Gold Guild. That kind of sounds like one of those um uh, what the heck do you call all those things this is the second time in like a week i can't remember the name of them whatever frozen tundra fellowship huddle of heroes the packer pact g-force gathering lombardi's legion again it kind of feels like, what the heck is that called oh like the freemasons like that kind of stuff that's that's what that one feels more like you start talking about like legion and whatnot lambo leap Loyals is a little bit long 13 13 time title tribe again little wordy pack pride gridiron cult of green bay if we could just lay it out there we are we're the cult of green bay packer pilgrims could work green bay guardians end zone enthusiasts tundra tribe i mean these are just cool names in general pax wolf pack cheese castle clan i don't know why there's a castle packers preservation society that sounds like one of those um environmentalist terror groups Tailgate Tribe and the Green Bay Brotherhood just sounds like a norm. That doesn't sound scary enough. So Cheesehead Congregation is pretty dope. Lambo Faithful, Gridiron Gathering. What was? What were some of the other good ones? Well, we'll we'll leave it out there. Here's a list. You can you can let me know what your favorite is, and we might we might have to make something like this official. We'll 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 talk about some potential initiations into the brotherhood. Some of the rules we may have to establish. Some uh, there may need to be a government. Maybe some uh, some 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 things that 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 we do. <laughs> I don't know. Let me know. Is there anything on this call? Nope. All right. Next one, Jeff. Are you there? Hey, Ryan. There he is.
5: Yes. Calling. Hey, thanks so much for the. Uh, you just I just listened to your uh, backer's release uh, when they released their uh, unofficial 2023 depth chart. Yeah. Man, I thought you did an awesome job. Thank I you. I really enjoyed listening to that. I like how you went back and found those old articles about Rodgers basically yeah. stating that he had his struggles as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, for me with Jordan Love, I, I lean more towards I think he's going to pan out and, and potentially be very good. I, I hear you and I kind of see what you're saying where it seems like it's going to be just one or the other. Like he's going to be a you know, top five NFL quarterback or he's yeah. going to be a bottom five. Like there's no really – It's hard to say there's an in-between. But uh, the the thing about him is that throw he made on family night where he's rolling to his left, and he throws it between the two defenders. And, yeah, I I get it. You could say one of the defenders stops, you know, put his hands down, whatever. Right. It was a remarkable throw, Right. any way you slice it. But the fact that he had the guts to throw that pass, the creativity in him to throw that pass, it's the fact that he that he did that type of a throw. Like, who else do I see do that type of a throw? I think right. maybe Mahomes, uh, Favre could have pulled it off, Rogers.
3: Well, he- and that, and that's the thing. Like, of course there's room for criticism because it, it wouldn't have happened if it was a live game. We all understand that. But there's still an element of, as you said, the, the ability to even think of that, right? First of all, you I don't think he could see Aaron Jones from where he was with the defender in his face. Second of all to be able to put your arm out and away from your body so that you can, you know, throw the ball between two guys and then to be able to throw with that level of force with essentially your arm fully extended to your right and throw it and make it, you know, make it go in between these two guys with velocity, spiral, directly at the running back that I don't think he can even see. it's, it's, It's just one of those things that makes you realize like this guy can do special stuff. It doesn't mean he's going to be special. But he can do stuff that other guys cannot do, that they don't do unless they are those top guys. So, yeah, that that's why I come to that conclusion where you know, I mean if 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 he is a good quarterback that also does those. That's what Rodgers was. Rodgers didn't just do miraculous things every single time he touched the football. Most of the time he was just a good quarterback. He was efficient, he was intelligent et cetera, et cetera. He moved the ball down the field. he made good decisions, but he also did incredible things, and that's what puts you into that other stratosphere that other echelon so if Jordan can just be a good quarterback, which i'm 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 parsing through my thoughts on this a little bit and i' i'll i'll i'm I'm torn between like I'm really concerned that things are going south and like I really think this is gonna go well and it, it really just comes down to remove the deep pass inefficiencies everything less than 20 yards has been unbelievable. The guys are getting wide open, and Jordan is delivering perfect passes to the right guy at the right time. It's been fantastic. And and you have to assume there's not going to be as many deep balls. We're probably working on it a lot more in training camp because it's just something that you work on. So the accuracy immediately goes up because it's not going to be 50% of your passes or 25-yard passes or more. That's stupid. And so when you look at how incredibly efficient he is under that and you add in the creativity... And maybe he misses some shots down the field. But, you know, Rodgers has had those years. He's had a couple years where he just can't connect on a deep ball. A couple years with MVS where he was basically the only option. Those guys couldn't get on the same page. But I want to say back in, like, 2015, it was the same thing. That was the first year where you kind of felt like there was something not quite right. Remember we all blamed it on his girlfriend? It was kind of funny anyways, but not serious, but also, like, maybe serious. Not really sure, but, like, I'm just kidding. But, like, it could be real though, right? But it was the same thing, like, why is he missing guys down the field all the time? But he still was a good quarterback, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, dude, he's, he's missing that one deep shot a game, this guy's trash. No, we're a good football team still. It was just like, he doesn't feel like Elite Rodgers right now. So yeah, I mean, it's, there are multiple facets of that throw that you can dissect beyond would that have been completed in a game. The answer is no. But there's still a question of what it all involved to be able to make that completion, and all of those things are impressive.
5: Uh, perhaps Burrow. I, I don't think there's this long list of quarterbacks that i've watched play that would even have the imagination and the pair of stones to try to throw that ball yeah. so uh that was to me that was remarkable and to me that was very promising then the albert breer article sports illustrated article where he is interviewing matt mcfleur and jordan love and jordan love has asked directly who are people going to see when you play and he said they're going to see a great quarterback. Without blinking an eye, that's his response. Wow. They're going to see a baller, because that's who I am. Uh, what a great response to hear from yeah, quarterback. I don't our think I saw that. That's exactly what I want my quarterback saying. I don't want some, well, hopefully it'll pan out, and, you know, I, I, I hopefully I'll get there. You yeah. know, um, I'm just going to try to lead this team, and maybe here or there I can make a play for us. Now, this guy is confident. Uh, he has some swag. And so I, I love what you brought up because i'm expecting there to be some struggles with him being younger but i think he has the makeup to be great the personality makeup to be great the imagination the gussiness, uh the swag all of those things he has all of those things that the pocket presence right that poise not freaking out in the pocket so i i think he has the makeup to be great certainly the arm talent so anyways your uh podcast just listening to what you just said there really left me encouraged because i didn't realize all of the struggles rogers had had i knew that he had you know, six and ten his first year i think i knew that it was up and down but i thought he uh that maybe he had a, a better season but clearly there were a lot of struggles there so thanks a lot it's, it was good encouragement.
3: That was almost perfect timing there no and and honestly part of the reason i did it is because i'm in the same boat i didn't really think so i kind of thought you know, the, the the year that he took over in that Dallas game, he had turned the corner. Like, that year he was a good quarterback, and we just found out when he played that Dallas game, and then he was fine. You know what I mean? And so that's what made me nervous. Like, he had the Eagles—we had the Eagles game with Jordan, but then you still see some of the struggles in training camp, and it's like, oh, crap, was that kind of a fluke? But again, go back to Aaron Rodgers. It was the same thing. He was in training camp, and people were laughing at him, mocking him. Packers fans were booing him, which is absurd. And then family night. It's. Just, I mean, I. I wish I could remember it better. I was in college. I don't remember much about college, but I wish I could remember that. Some of the guys when I posted that, it. It you know circulated on Twitter and whatnot. That little clip and several people have kind of pointed out how they remembered that. And they remembered different things, and I wish I could remember it because I. I don't remember exactly how I was feeling. I remember the Dallas game, and I remember liking him even before Dallas. Like I remember watching him in preseason and just thinking like this dude like for for real he's pretty good. But I, I just don't remember going into that season how the, the tone of everything was. So, yeah, again, I'm I'm in the same boat. I, I wanted to go back and see how things were with Aaron Rodgers, and I was somewhat surprised to see how bad things were through training camp and, you know, whatever. And, again, that first preseason game was a disaster. And then the second preseason game was great. So, I mean, we don't have to mark every single thing. Like, well, if the first one's bad, then it's fine. But if the second one's bad, then then he's not Rodgers. And, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a general thing i mean if, if you just look at what Rodgers was doing at that time you'd probably think this probably isn't going to be great dude it's i mean he's been in here for three years we're going into year four and he still can't like get through preseason looking good like you know and then we get into the regular season and it's still just not quite eh. we said it, it technically was like year five before we fully realized like this aaron Rodgers guy is legit which is kind of crazy but it is what it is
5: I and Jeff, sorry, I got caught up. I just wanted to say thank you. Appreciate yep. you. One more thing on Jordan Love's makeup, too. I think that's important is the resiliency that he has uh, with what he's gone through growing up and losing his father when he was 14 years old. I think he's a resilient young man, and obviously anyone who's had to go through any kind of tragedy or struggle of that nature, yeah. um, that is not an easy thing to deal with, as we all know. And I think Jordan has really um, just showed himself to have resilient character. Uh, to be able to walk through something like that uh, in his life, so I, I think all of these things I think point to a very strong makeup and and young man of of great character. And of course, we saw how he handled the whole Rogers situation. Tremendous character, yeah, just tremendous how he did that. So I just want to talk up Jordan Love the person a little bit here, and and you know his his personality makeup. Certainly, we know his athletic attributes and his tools, but I think. I'm a believer that he's going to be successful because of his character makeup. Thank you.
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate the call. And you're right. If, if nothing else, you know, the, the things that he's gone through along with uh, two, two other players on this team right now, Jaden Reed and Tucker Craft, have gone through similar experiences. If nothing else, it just, I think it helps to build their character. And it definitely makes it, as a fan base and as a fan, where you, you really want to root for the guy, you know? I mean, just just for every reason. Obviously, the guy's worked incredibly hard to get to where he is. He's endured a ton in his life. You know, he's sat for a long time. Again, he's had to sit and watch as all his other guys are getting massively paid. And Joe Burrow is going to get as stupid paid as you have ever seen in your life. And Jordan's the only guy of that entire group, I think, aside from, I think, Burrow so far. And you know, again, the guy's going to get massively paid that hasn't gotten that big paycheck. And he would had he started somewhere. And, you know, who knows what would have happened, but. You know, he's just sat patiently and he's learned and he's endured and uh and he's he's caught a ton of hell. I mean, you've got, you know, half the fan base hasn't necessarily been very kind to him and part of it is just catching strays with the, the Rodgers versus well, Rogers versus the team uh battles that have gone on. People get a little bit off the rails with it and you know, we should have never drafted this guy, he's no good, whatever, and really they're just trying to win another argument. But it's a Packer fan trashing your starting quarterback. And then on top of that, the media says he's complete garbage, and uh, every other fan base says he's a complete joke, and you know it's just a disaster of a pick and a disaster of a player. You just it, it, deep in my bones, I want this guy to be good. It's been such a build-up for such a long time for this to just come out flat. But um, anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you all so much for your calls. Um, we're getting a little bit caught up, but I don't think you need to worry about it because we got uh, preseason coming up, so the calls should be OK. If we miss a day, it's not that big of a deal, right? I mean, one day off and stuff. But uh, anyways, you guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.